It's time for the Security Token Show. We're here to bring you the latest and greatest in security token news. Coming from across the globe to your living room. And delivering all the latest STOs and getting you up to date on what's happening in the market. So what are you waiting for? Let's get on with the show. Welcome back. It's time for the Security Token Show, folks. We're your hosts. I'm Herbert Konings. I'm Kyle Dotland. Great to have the regular uh, lineup again. Yeah, it's been a couple weeks, huh? Yeah. Summers are hard, let's just say. <laughs> always going to get you that Security Token Show no matter what. We're here in sunny Miami, Florida, and what a show we've got lined up today. We do. We've got, of course, our top five. We've got some serious headlines that you don't want to miss, as well as a whole main topic and, of course, the great rest of the show with our cast. But before we dive into it, I do want to thank our sponsor this week. Wanted to shout out Freeport. You may know Freeport because they're doing a tokenized Reg A+, the holy grail of tokenization, because that means you can raise from retail investors up to $75 million, and Freeport is doing just that. They are tokenizing some art from Warhol, as well as a few other different pieces. I think they've got four in total. And we're going to be breaking down everything there in the Security Token Advisors Success Network. There is a webinar for our paid premium subscribers. That's only $9 a month for individuals, by the way. You can go there, check it out Thursday, August 3rd at 12 p.m. Eastern to hear more about Freeport's tokenizing art. Report is uh, trailblazing out here in the industry. Love to see that happen. Uh, see that happening. And they are a proud Security Token Advisors client. Uh, excited for that webinar. But with that, let's get into the show. And kicking off our top five this week, we're starting off with the Bank of France. They outlined in their second CBDC white paper a few different solutions for how they could optimize and roll out a new technological product and payment softwares. They outlined three different solutions. The first one being the most DeFi of them all, where everybody has their own underlying blockchain issuance process, and they all have to integrate together through what they call interoperability. Number two would be having everyone on the same underlying ledger, similar to how a lot of the banking technologies work today. They call this plan the integration plan. And then number three is somewhere in the middle where they call it distribution, where everybody might have different blockchains that they issue on, but they all need to plug into one centralized database or distributed ledger that then everybody can audit and see the transactions on. They've done over 12 different experiments to date using this technology. They're putting a lot of thought into their rollout plan. Wow, it seems like any day now, CBDCs are going to be at our doorstep based on all this research, Kyle. Uh, very incredible stuff. Uh, it's be very interesting where that world heads. But moving on, we're going to head back a little over to security tokens with Matrix Stock over in Singapore. Uh, they've announced that they've partnered with Chainlink so that they can actually back up and validate the treasury bills behind their stable coin, the STBT uh, coin, which has $99 million already behind it, Kyle. Uh, but now, of course, you can actually verify that and prove that. Proof of reserves is such a hot topic. And thanks to Chainlink uh, and their partnership here, you can actually verify that there are enough uh, short-term treasury, U.S. treasury bills in this case, backing this stable coin. So very cool. I imagine we're going to see a lot more of that in the future, Kyle. They always say trust but verify. More on that in the main topic. And number three, 
the Italian Central Bank. And their innovation hub through their Milano program is officially using Polygon and Fireblocks for a lot of their DeFi tools and tokenized securities opportunities. They have a bunch of different portfolio companies that have joined the Accelerator program. We've covered some of them on the top five before, and they're now leveraging a bunch of the bigger players to provide infrastructure for their underlying companies. Uh, big news out of Italy. Love what's happening over at that Milano hub, Kyle. Number two, very exciting news from Avalanche. They have announced, uh, the Avalanche Foundation announced the Avalanche Vista. $50 million fund specifically for liquidity in the security token space, folks. They, of course, believe tokenization is the future. They have a ton of huge Wall Street clients already leveraging uh, various subnets by Avalanche. And now they're going to be investing into the ecosystem. Anything goes, they say, equity, credit, real estate, commodities, anything natively on the blockchain could be a target to push forward the future of tokenization. Gotta love it. Go Avalanche. This is huge news for the industry. Providing liquidity has always been one of the toughest challenges for issuers. Great to see Avalanche getting involved. And number one, Erwig, our biggest news of the week is that a Spanish REIT launching a $150 million fundraise on the security, securitized security token platform. So they are a part of the Spanish government security token sandbox, potentially a securitized join in June of 2022. This re now coming to market a year later as part of Mansippi is the underlying company. They're trying to acquire commercial real estate in the health sector. Great to see that they are also on Avalanche coming yeah. in September. Gotta love all of that. This marks actually the first foray for Securitize into Europe. So I expect we'll see a lot more as a result of that now. And uh, with that, Kyle, that's our top five. We're going to head over to Peter Gaffney to get our institutional update. All right. Good morning and welcome back to the institutional segment of the Security Token Show. I'm Peter Gaffney, head of research at Security Token Advisors. Wanted to kick this off with a special thanks to Tom Stabile over at Fundfire for featuring STA's own insights in his recent article detailing some thoughts and some opinions on what's holding back Hamilton Lane's digital share classes in its private assets fund up with the SEC. So while it could be any number of reasons as digital share classes right alongside existing traditional share classes, pretty much a novel case here in the industry, it'll be precedent setting, right? The usage of the terminology decentralized exchange and DEX in the prospectus filing much jumped out at me as a red flag personally. I was pretty shocked to see that because, of course, in DEX, decentralized exchange is highly associated with the crypto field rather than with securities. And while the goal is, of course, to eventually bridge those two classes together for compliant decentralized exchange activity, we know the SEC isn't quite Tom Stabile put together some very useful pieces. Highly recommend the read over at Funfire and Funfire Alt for anyone in the capital market space. We also, of course, have some overseas developments here on the Institute side. First, the Bank of Italy launched a whole campaign with Polygon Blockchain and Fireblocks within its innovation center, known as the Milano Hub, with the goal pretty much of enabling the central bank's financial partners to start dabbling in tokenization. We love to see that. The program will include asset managers and Italian banks, including Intesa San Paolo, the country's largest institution with a trillion dollars in AUM. That's big time. Over in nearby Spain, we have Securitize, who launched the targeted 150 million euro raise for tokenized REITs, real estate investment trusts, with ManCBSA. Last June 2022, Securitize actually joined the Spanish General Secretariat 
of the Treasury and International Finance's digital sandbox. It's a lot to chew on. Uh, and it's now bringing a bit more to fruition in, Sp in Spain here with Mancipi. The REIT products will indeed be tokenized on the Avalanche blockchain, which also had itself quite the week unveiling Avalanche Vista, a $50 million investment initiative into tokenized and real-world assets right in the AVAX ecosystem. Baby steps to bring some buy-side capital into the mix. All good stuff. That's all I have for now. Nice week all in all and some great features across the industry. Want to give a special thanks to Ada Baralda of Securency for also joining us in our STA Success Network webinar, breaking down some of the recent Wisdom Tree Prime developments and Securency's own lines of business. Now let's see what Jason Barraza has in store for us with this week's market updates. Hello and welcome to the market update. The security token market cap has received a bump this week as it opens just a hair below $17 billion, a near 3% gain on the week. Securitize announced that it has begun the issuance of tokenized securities in Europe. This, uh, this news follows the announcement that Securitize had been accepted into the test environment for digital asset securities led by the Spanish General Secretariat of the Treasury and International Finance. Now, within the sandbox, CNMB will monitor Securitize as it issues and later this fall facilitates the trading and settlement of tokenized shares. Moving on, Global Cannabis Holdings, a tokenized cannabis ecosystem with equity positions in various cannabis companies and projects, unveiled its upcoming security token offering meant to unlock cannabis investment opportunities for a broader group of investors. GCH's STO will offer retail and professional investors access to a diversified portfolio of over 38 cannabis companies representing rights to future profits. The GCH team says it is committed to scouting and investing in promising cannabis companies with long-term growth potential. Now, in other news, Blockchain Capital announced that the net, net asset value of each BCAP token as of June 30th 2023 is $14.67 based on the NAV of the underlying venture capital fund, Blockchain Capital 3 Digital Liquid Venture Fund LP. The BCAP NAV finished down 0.4% for the second quarter of 2023. The BCAP portfolio is up 1,367% since inception, post-STO from April 2017, and has a net IRR of 54%. And finally, I want to give a special thanks and shout out to iComply and InvestReady for the Compliance and Security Tokens webinar we hosted this past week in the STA Success Network. We received some golden nuggets of knowledge from both Matthew Unger and Adrian Alvarez as it relates towards remaining compliant and security token offerings for both the issuer and platforms alike. We even got the perspectives on regulatory clarity, new regulation they'd like to see passed through, and how their respective services are enhancing the security token ecosystem. If you're interested in access to future webinars like this, consider subscribing to the STA Insights plan within the STA Success Network for just $9 a month, which also includes, by the way, our email newsletter twice a week detailing what's going on in the ecosystem, STA's commentary on it, and any insights derived from our advisory and research arms. That is all I have for you for now. But have an amazing week, and we will see you next Monday. Thank you, Jason. Now for your third consecutive appearance on the show. Very exciting. 
Uh, we love that segment there. Love that update on the market. But now it's time for our main topic, episode 199, Kyle. We're going to be talking about valuations and how transparency specifically improves valuations. That's one of the benefits of security tokens. We're going to connect the pieces between data to assets and why, of course, that would actually lead to potentially better valuations and better benefits for investors. Talk to us, Kyle. What do you think about this topic? Yeah, I think this is really important because with an asset, there's so much that is not transparent in a lot of these traditional processes. When you're acquiring cash flowing businesses, when you're looking at real estate properties, when you're looking at so many of the main GDP aspects and core values of a traditional economy, much of this is very antiquated in its process. And so I thought that I kind of split the value proposition of this into the three timelines of the life cycle of an asset. You've got the origination and why it's important to have these on-chain pieces for that part, that the life cycle itself, as that asset is existing, cash flowing and being owned by that group. And then finally, at closing, when you're selling or moving it on to another company or to an acquirer. So first off, let's talk about origination. When you're bringing an asset and the reason why it's so important to bring that asset on chain at the start, at the very beginning and formation of the property is because of the chain of custody of that underlying asset. We talk about this in a crime scene, right? Because of the minute you lose something, now the whole data set is tainted. In the same way with an asset, if you've got a real estate property, if you've got something that needs repairs, you need to track when it was created and what happens throughout the life cycle of that asset, or we're never really gonna know for sure what happened when and where. This is important for commodities, for example, that could be forged or, or be diluted or aren't 100% validated. And that's a really important piece of the origination process because it provides more fair valuations for the underlying asset. If we know 100% that it is what it is, we don't need to apply a discount rate for it not being that thing. I think a great example of that is actually uh, aptly named Providence uh, with their blockchain and recently powering figures, uh, one of the first largest rated uh, HELOC securitizations that they've done. I believe Mike Cagney, the founder of the CEO, said that there's between three to 600 uh, uh, BIPs in savings across the, the life cycle of a loan there. So having that loan originate on chain is critical to that whole piece of the puzzle. Totally. And also when it's originated, when any assets originated, that is the least complex that that deal will be, right? When you first get, you know, your tax ID numbers, when you register a company, you get that document right away. If we can originate it on chain, you don't need to go back in time, track down all that information. So at some point, someone is going to have to bring it on chain. And so if we start that at the beginning, when it's the least complex, you save a lot of back office resources. As Frankly, well. I'll, I'll never really know what happened pre-chain if it was uh, previously not on chain. That's so exactly right. To your point, you, you know, you really want to start from the beginning if you can. Totally. But let's talk about during the life cycle. We're, we're one to two years into this process. We now have an asset that exists as cash flowing. Well, there's a few real ways and benefits that, that can be created throughout the life cycle by having all this information on chain. First off, you've got real-time dashboard, right? So being able to see this information in real time. We talked about the proof of reserves concept earlier in the episode in our top five. This is a great example of being able to see in real time 
how much the underlying assets are collateralized. When we're talking about real estate, for example, this is really important when you're taking a debt position to know what the debt maintenance levels are, to know how collateralized the property is relative to its valuation as a lot of these things change. Being able to see the valuation in real time to understand as these things creep up on you as opposed to five to 10 years later when you realize you're underwater due to the mortgage rates changing or things like that, you can begin to much more accurately prepare for those things as well as have much more fair cap rates on the actual property. So you've got the debt side and the valuation side of the underlying property, but on a cash flowing business, whether it's real estate or something else, we can have a much better understanding of what has actually been generated in revenue and better calculate exactly what the yield of that thing is. Notoriously with real estate, cap rates are overstated or exaggerated, things like that. That's not the case if we can just programmatically evaluate these things by leveraging on-chain data. I believe it was Morningstar who in the past actually cited that saying they increased the rating uh, of the security because they actually had, were using the yep. blockchain that in increased transparency led to safer value. I think that's completely aligned with what you're talking about, folks. If I have property A and property B and one tells me very little and one gives me a real-time dashboard about the underlying health of the asset, I would imagine that this is now a more demanded property. Most sure. people would pick the one that is uh, option B. And of course, supply and demand, one would imagine that the demand factor would lead to an increase in the value of that asset because they are now being more transparent. And same goes for the cost of maintaining the property. If you can see in real time, the occupancy rates and different pieces like that, the general manager who's actually managing the property that you as an owner are paying to maintain that property has much more insight into what's going on, presumably gonna cost less to solve those problems. And finally, Erwig, in the three pieces here, we had origination at the beginning, bringing this asset on chain as early as possible, the very beginning and creation of the deal. Then we have during the life cycle, everything there. Finally, let's talk about when you're actually ready to offload this property, whether that's due to selling privately to a shareholder or a private equity firm, or maybe that's taking the company public or, or raising public capital. There's a couple pieces here. First off, the acquisition price. If we know exactly how much cash flow this business is creating, we know exactly what the costs are. We've seen all the debt maintenance. We can see all this stuff very transparently. You're going to get a more fair price for the property, which actually kind of closes the full circle because someone else is originating at that point. So they're getting a fair price from their start as well because they can see this cash flow. On top of that, you've got a shorter due diligence period because all that information is collected, captured right there were you available, as well as a more efficient tenant evaluation or any type of cash flowing opportunity and understanding who those pieces are, what that risk profile is and concentration of any underlying cash flow component. So I think that for all these reasons, you're going to reduce a lot of the costs of closing and time to make that happen and have a more fair market price, which all those things are pretty important in valuations. Not to mention in the ultimate settlement of the transaction, we've got the ability to hey, silly settle and transfer value between two parties. I think that's, of course, it's critical for that to be tokenized. All of that makes a, a lot of sense, Kyle. Basically, what we're saying is securities, they're getting smart. Exactly. Uh, and there is no longer the days of documents here and documents there and what happened at this time. There will be no gaps. Uh, it will all be managed on chain natively from the beginning of its life. Uh, and therefore, investors have a whole different playing field when dealing with that security compared to something as simply, you know, has an increased chance of fraud, an increased chance of mismanagement. And of course, we are acknowledging an increase in overall management 
costs. And so in a world where BIPs matter, something that is natively on-chain will automatically give it a competitive edge. Naturally, what we're trying to say is transparency is a critical part of the security token mission. It isn't just digitization of the underlying security. Great company like Invenium uh, is able to help with, with a lot of this where, where you don't just take the asset management layer, but you really bring in the underlying details to increase the value, what you see, what you get. Investors can truly know what they're getting, uh, which just, again, it changes the playing field. It allows you totally. all kinds of different uh, business uh, transactions and the like. Yeah. In summary, you're going to get better prices, right? More fair, more accurate prices for a lot of these underlying assets. You've got lower risk profiles on debt maintenance and a lot of these things. Speaking of debt, you're probably going to get better rates because you have a much clearer risk profile than what other people are offering, as we've seen with Morningstar. You're going to have faster closing because we can much quicker capture all this diligence materials and much easy, have a much easier time in analyzing what's actually going on. And time is money in a lot of cases. And you're going to have higher shareholder confidence because they're going to have more transparency. They're likely more interested in investing either larger checks or more frequently because of that process. So you've got a better investor relations process, not only for them to invest more, but also whoever's on your team managing this this process is going to have an easier time doing it. So across the board, valuations are more fair, costs are down, and time is saved. This is a data proliferation, if you will. This is exciting times for Wall Street as everybody starts to move their securities, their debt, everything in between on-chain so we can enter this new world. If you've got questions about that or feedback on this segment, of course, let us know. Kyle and I were available uh, Twitter, LinkedIn, everywhere. We want to hear your thoughts about the show. We want to hear what main topic you'd like us to cover next. As you can see, there are so many different facets to tokenization. We'd love to, to hear from you. And with that, let's end our show with Companies of the Week. Companies of the Week for episode 199. If you're new here, we pick one company each week, myself and Herwig, so two in total, that we wanted to shout out for doing something interesting or notable in the industry. And of course, that gets them a nomination for our Company of the Year Award, where we pick one of the 100 plus winners throughout the show's season and give them the illustrious award. So Herwig, how about you lead us off with your company of the week for this week? With pleasure. You know, given what we just talked about on our main topic, I have to give my company of the week to Chainlink. Chainlink is making moves in the tokenization space, powering a lot of the real world asset tokenization that's happening. If you didn't hear what we just said in the main topic, the most important benefit of security tokens is you can know proof of reserves. You can know what's behind it. You can validate, you can verify things. You need a trusted third party platform specifically that's blockchain friendly that can tie into this stuff. And that leader right now is Chainlink. And we saw that with their matrix uh, doc partnership, you know, backing the, the US Treasury's product, being the validator for that. So with that, Kyle, for that reason, I'm giving Chainlink my company. The major shout out to Chainlink. That proof of reserves concept is fascinating and very cool. So Herwig, my winner this week is a little out there because they're a little DeFi and that's not exactly as institutional as sometimes we see, but that doesn't mean they've got some serious institutional players backing their deal. And that is Credix. Credix is launching a decentralized fixed income pool or liquidity pool, or really it's just a product between you and me. But 
The idea here is that they have liquidity notes that they're providing to Colombian agriculture companies that need capital expenditure. They need CapEx, they need cash in order to facilitate the harvesting of a lot of their resources. And so they're paying double digit returns for this fixed income instrument. Now, here's the cool part. The liquidity notes themselves are underwritten by two firms, Clave and Liquitech. And then they're also insured by the Spanish Export Credit Agency, which is backed by the Spanish government. And the liquidity pool already has the Solana Foundation and Keyrock, which is a European liquidity provider that just raised 72 million at the end of 2022, who are the big backers of the pool. So now they're raising from accredited investors. It's a double-digit yield, fixed-income credit product. I think this is really cool, and they've leveraged all types of DeFi solutions to insure it, to underwrite it, and to provide a lot of the traditional services you'd expect from a bank, if not even above and beyond what you'd expect from a traditional issuer. So for all those reasons, Credits wins my company. No kidding, Kyle. They've literally put a lot of thought into developing this product and bringing it to market. I'm excited to see uh, where that goes. It's a great choice for Company of the Week. That's our show. Let's uh, wrap it up here, of course. Check out stm.co for all of the latest trading news and information that's happening. Uh, One source, one stop shop for all things security tokens. Check out the Success Network, uh, securitytokenadvisors.com for $9 a month. You can tap into that free port webinar. Uh, And of course, let us know, follow us, subscribe, share, spread the word about tokenization. And with that, happy tokenizing. (laughs) 